Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to NFL Trend Zone, the Super Bowl edition. We are going to spend most of the show today on Super Bowl items, whether that's predictions, analysis, expectations, all of it. Chiefs versus 49ers in Las Vegas this Sunday. Um, We're also, if time permitting, we're going to touch on the head coaching carousel. It's always a fascinating time on the calendar, January and early February. And last week, we talked about Harbaugh a little bit. And if we get to it after the Super Bowl chat, I want to ask these guys about some of the, the hires, what they think. First, however, betonline.ag, it's playoff time. We're at the Super Bowl, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. Our partner, BetOnline, is your number one source for all the football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade, BetOnline is the number one source for all of your championship wagering. Head to BetOnline and join today to get in on all of that action. Bet online, the game starts here. Shoot from the hip, yep. It's Super Bowl week. That's what we're chatting about, Chiefs and 49ers, and we're going to jump right into it. I think we're all going to come to a similar prediction. I hope we've learned our lesson. I know I have. Uh, but first, Cody, I'm going to start with you, sir. Uh, it surprised me. Let's see. Where do we at? About a week and a half ago, the point spread opened up. Of course, Vegas is favoring the 49ers. They're they're doing the thing, what I just referred to, betting against the Chiefs, Reed and Andy Mahomes, which I don't think is good business. But Chiefs have had shown warts throughout, what, three-fourths of the season. Uh, you Mainly wide receiver drops. The defense was always pretty, pretty fancy. And then they got their shit together the last three weeks, and here they are in the Super Bowl trying to repeat as champions for the first time since the Patriots in 2003 and 2004. So, Cody, just when you when you start to ponder Chiefs and 49ers like you inevitably have, what comes to mind? For me, first off, is the corners versus the receivers. Uh, you got matchups with both the uh, Chiefs corners over there having great seasons, and then you got Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I think Kansas City will take this one. No, no one wants the Chiefs to keep winning these rings, but they are the team that's peaking at the right time. If MVP voting happened just four weeks later in the season, I think Mahomes would take it. That's how <laughs> good he's been on this playoff run. While he is looking like his generational self, the Chiefs' defense has really elevated their game as well. There's, they got talent later all throughout each level of the defense. Normally you'd think that with the 49ers, but they're just kind of not peaking at the right time. The 49ers aren't. And on the other hand, the Chiefs are peaking at the right time. According to PFF, the Chiefs had the number one defense uh, throughout the playoffs, and it really hasn't been that close. Just the Ravens were kind of close to them. Uh, If the 49ers are going to win this game, though, it's because of Brock Purdy capitalizing on a Christian McCaffrey game plan from the Chiefs. Uh, If Brock Purdy can't elevate that squad, they're toast. On Purdy, are you... Do you fall more in the camp that considers him a winner, a QB wins guy, or do you get thoroughly impressed with his throwing style, his skill set, and think that, hey, he could have elevated the Cardinals to 10-7 and this year? I don't think he could have elevated the Cardinals to 10-7. and (laughs) So, uh, I'm 
I was out on Purdy longer than most people still waiting for him to prove himself. And I don't think it's like a mistake he's in the Super Bowl, but this guy's going to get the Kirk Cousins treatment probably for the rest of his career of, you know, some years he might be a top 12 quarterback and won't get treated like it. And some years he'll play like a top 18 quarterback, but get paid like a top 12 quarterback. So he'll probably face these questions the rest of his career. And if he wins a Super Bowl, that could go a long ways towards answering those questions. Yeah. I don't, like I said, I think Kansas City takes this one, put it a, another notch in the belt. I don't think that he, I think he would be pretty pristine from here on out if he wins the Super Bowl, buy him a lot of runway. Uh, I view him still more uh, as a second year quarterback. Uh, I think that we are like just real tempted to be like oh this guy look at his record he's top he's a top six quarterback and i I just don't see that yet um but i do believe he he has the same type of possibility and arc that other young quarterbacks do that right now it just seems to me like he has stretches of like what the hell but hey five years from now we could be Mm -hmm. like well we look back well he was growing he wasn't going to be perfect all the time that's where i think he's at and yes he's in a, a marvelous system jason your initial thoughts when you saw on the billboard chiefs and 49ers well, I knew it. I, I called it. I mean, <laughs> these chiefs are so bothersome to me. Oh, God, they're so bothersome to me. And the point about Brock Purdy, both good points by both of you guys, though. You know, you ask, well, is that is Purdy the type of guy that could elevate the Cardinals to 10 and 7? Um, I guess a better question almost is how many other young quarterbacks could get plucked into Mike uh, Kyle Shanahan's system be surrounded with that arsenal of weapons and be doing the exact same thing. That's that's I guess a better question for me because there's so many young quarterbacks that uh, that uh, don't get that opportunity, don't have the luxury of being coached by a Kyle Shanahan and so many weapons. Well, it's similar to similar to Patrick Mahomes actually when he joined the Chiefs. The Chiefs were loaded for Bear. They didn't suck. Before he joined them. I mean, Alex Smith would get him to the playoffs. And that was a pretty well-oiled machine. Um, So then you insert, he gets Andy Reid's tutelage plus these weapons who succeed in these instances. You never hear about somebody going to one of those circumstances and busting. You just never do. Those guys are lucky, both lucky. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the, 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 the Niners should win this. I mean, they have they out talent the Chiefs tenfold, but they're not going to. The <laughs> Chiefs are going to win this. The uh, I believe the Chiefs the year before they drafted Mahomes were twelve and four. That was one of those years that yeah. Smith looked really good, and then yep. they did their their Viking their Viking stuff in the playoffs. They just like good in the regular season, and then they they. There was like twice in four years where they melted down, like they collapsed against the Titans and then the Colts, I believe, where they had that gigantic lead. And oh. now now you can't <laughs> even imagine the Chiefs doing that. But I remember one game vividly. I think it was like the 2014 or 2015 season where they were up by like 20-something points over the Colts. And yep, then, it was uh, the Colts. Yeah, people started getting hurt and they coughed it away. And it was one of those playoff blunders that now we just don't even yep. care about because Mahomes is there. All right, yeah. Charles, man. Yeah, Charles, Wes, we got uh, your hey, home. He went to Denver to die. 
<laughs> Unless we got your hometown 49ers, certainly not your 49ers. Take it on the Chiefs. What are your initial thoughts? Ooh. Um, I'm excited for the matchup. I, I think it should be a, a interesting chess match. Um, where I'm most excited to look at is the is when uh, San Francisco has a ball on offense and goes up against this uh, impressive Chiefs unit that uh, over the last month, month and a half of the NFL NFL season, they've been the defensive unit. Uh, so seeing how that chess match plays out, how they adjust to some of the things that uh, the 49ers want to do, I, I think that's going to play in really well. Um, that's really where I'm going to be looking at. Uh, on the other side of the ball, um, can the San Francisco defense do enough to um, hold back Mahomes and keep this offense in check? I know it hasn't been the standard chief offense that we've seen in years of recent, but uh, it also hasn't been the same San Francisco defense that we've seen in years of recent too. So um, I definitely think the Chiefs have an advantage to where they can take advantage of that defense uh, should they choose and giving Andy Reid an extra week to prepare for that. It, it just could be the case um, come Sunday. Yeah, that's what gives me excitement for a close game like we had last year. Last year's Super Bowl was marvelous. Is that the while led by Mahomes, the Chiefs offense, That's <laughs> that was like their problem this year is that they didn't have enough receivers, playmakers, and in big moments, they they drop passes like the first week. And then Mark uh, was it MVS. I can't remember which game it was, but he he dropped a touchdown that would have taken the lead. And then there was offsides gate. So you think about all of these potential hiccups that the Chiefs offense would have. But then even though the 49ers have all of the defensive personnel to make you salivate, they haven't been very good down the stretch of the season. Even in the playoffs, it was like, you know, it took them a while in both games to get to get rolling, especially <laughs> against the Lions. So uh, I think that you'll have a give and take there. You don't have this absolutely mighty Chiefs offense with Tyreek Hill. It, like he just doesn't play there anymore. On the other hand, the 49ers defense, while it should be wonderful, just hasn't been fantastic since like early November. All right, let's do some X-Factor players. Cody, um, mine is going to be, uh, hold on, I'm drawing a blank. Who was the who was the dude that had the two fumbles in the divisional round game for the Chiefs? Remember we had two touches, two fumbles? Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. I got to go look him up. All right, too many you, times since then. You go with your X-Factor. I'm going to go <laughs> look this up real quick. Sweet. So my X factor is going to be Jawan Taylor, the right tackle for the Chiefs, going up against Nick Boza. Nick Boza's been on a tear this year, um, especially during the playoffs. Jawan Taylor, he he struggled against some of these premier pass rushers this season. Uh, he's been, and whenever they're able to get into his head, and he starts catching some of these penalties for his false starts it really takes him over for the whole game. And we've seen before already once uh, whenever a 
an aggressive defense is able to dictate the game with Patrick Mahomes. We've seen it in the Super Bowl um, against the Buccaneers. And if that offensive line isn't able to contain uh, Nick Bosa and the 49ers, I think it's going to start with Juwan Taylor. Um, so the Chief, the Chiefs offensive line has been playing good as of late. Uh, their left guard, Joe Thune, is um, coming back from an injury, so that's going to help them as well. Mm-hmm. But if their offensive line does fall apart and they do lose the game because of the pass rush, it's likely coming from Jawan Taylor. And that's how the the Chiefs lost their Super Bowl four or three years ago was because <laughs> somehow they got solved by Tampa Bay's defense. And uh, one yep. thing we always forget, that game was an ass kicking. Uh, you would think hey, Mahomes lost the Super Bowl. It must have been close. Nope. That game, we only kept it close in our minds because Mahomes was on the field. It was never close. My guy was McCole Hardman. My apologies for blanking on him. He against the Bills, two touches, two fumbles, and the redemption arc in sports, I think, is weighing heavy. I think he'll score some sort of, not maybe game-changing, but at least tone-setting touchdown for the Chiefs. So give me McCall Hardman to score and be like, ah, okay, he made up for himself. Jason, you got an X-Factor player for the group? Oh, yeah, well, of course. It's going to be Kadarius Tony. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, and... The reasons for that is, is because this guy irritated me all year in fantasy. I picked him up for no apparent reason because, you know, I went against the tutelage of you guys and just picked him up anyway. I just figured he eventually has to start catching balls. The very first week I picked him up, he did great. He did fantastic. Hasn't done anything since. Um, So, yeah, he's going to come out and do something, too, I would imagine. And and he shouldn't. He he shouldn't, Mm -hmm. but he will. Yeah, he was. Uh, I uh, remember not long ago when he was supposed to be all right. He's gonna he's gonna change the Giants' offense forever, and then yeah, the opposite. I mean, it, it looks like he's got the traits to yeah. to be able to be good, but uh, you know, uh, you got to think his confidence is pr- maybe faltering a little bit at this point in time. But uh, you know, who knows? Yep, it's always. I, mean, uh, I, I honestly don't know. Aside, he's a cautionary tale, like. Dozens others, hundreds others that in the first round, while you're scouting all of your draft picks, about half of them aren't going to be very good or aren't going to be memorable or worth the first round pick replies to wide receivers. Last year, it looks like uh, the world hit on three out of the four, uh, the one not yet being Quentin Johnson, but uh, even the quarterbacks were going to have probably five for sure go off the board in round one. One will probably be really good. Two, uh, one will be good, and the other three will be like, I can't believe we spent a first rounder on this guy. It's so weird to think about right now because all we could think about is what they'll turn yeah, into. Yeah, you take that back. I feel like you're cussing me right now. All of these rookies are going to hit. They're all great. <laughs> this is, my, Johnson this will is be. my time of the season, okay? Speaking of which, when we get there, Jason, pretty much two weeks from now on our show, the Vikings and Broncos are right stacked on top of each other and two teams that need a quarterback. So it's almost like... Which uh, you know, whichever one the Vikings don't pick could be the Broncos guy, or if the Broncos leapfrog the Vikings, they're right in that same boat where they, we think they need one, we think they're going to draft one. We're not a hundred percent sure. And they both have high-paid quarterbacks to yep. worry about on the roster right now. That, yeah, well, they that have a decision to make. The Vi- Cousins is all well, Vikings yeah. books as of right now. Oh, yes, yes, that's right, that's right. Chet. I, I'd love to have Kirk Cousins, but uh, can't afford that. We we have to take a quarterback. Yeah, we don't have a choice. The way that that's sizing up on the board right now, which you probably already know, is either JJ McCarthy, Michael Penix, or Bo Nix. 
Yeah, that's the way it looks. Would be my would, would be the one I would want for Denver. Yeah, I don't really care who it is. It, <laughs> I'm it, a big McCarthy even, fan for the Vikings. I'm gonna roll with Stidham. <laughs> What's your X Factor player for the Super Bowl? Uh, I'm gonna give you two. Um, I was gonna go one, but I I don't think we should all do Chiefs. So I'll do my Chief, and then I will go with the Forty Nine er. Uh, I'm going to go with Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, here's a guy who he's kind of been the engine of the chiefs offense this year. Um, and he's getting a 49ers team that has been gashed recently by running backs. Uh, Green Bay put up 136 yards on, on them. Detroit 182 on the ground. Um, the 49ers have been very, very poor against uh, the run this year. And this 49ers defense is going to force uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs to play small or play short. They're not going to allow for any chunk plays over the top or those players are going to be very few i should say um, they are going to force kansas city to be very methodical uh take the underneath stuff and and see what pops from there uh so i i just i see pacheco being the one that really opens up this uh Chiefs offense like a skeleton key. If that running game gets going, the Niners are going to have to to bring a, another player in the box. And at that point, uh, it's kind of game over with Mahomes being able to operate uh, over the top of them. Uh, on the 49ers side of the ball, this plays right into it. Uh, Fred Warner, uh, he's been phenomenal. He's arguably the the best linebacker in the game right now. And he's going to have to be that superstar all-star player for this 49er defense. Uh, if they do want to go out and, and win this game. Yeah. Kelsey's been on a tear and Fred Warner is definitely capable of locking that down. Dude. It looks like the predator running around out there. He's so giant long. <laughs> I've got, I've got Chiefs 30-24. Cody, what's your score? 34-31, Chiefs. Jason, are you still there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, your head was down. It was blurred. Sorry, my bad. Oh. Mm-hmm. Are we asking final scores? Yes. Man. Gosh, it... Yeah, 27-21. Chiefs? Chiefs, yeah. All right. And Wes, what do you got? You gonna go against the green? Twenty sixteen Chiefs. Oh, it's just uh, man. Boring. Yeah. God, hopefully the the football gods bless us con- uh, because we collectively conspired to pick <laughs> the Chiefs. Maybe this will backfire and the Chiefs will lose. God, yeah. we could be uh, hopeful. We just know ball. <laughs> we know ball. <laughs> They're gonna yeah, win. They all are. Dang it. Uh, How many it. will that be for Mahomes? Three. If the it'll be his third. He has yep. two right now, correct? Yep. Yep. He the NFL over. generated mm-hmm. 
331 million in brand revenue with the Chiefs and Taylor Swift pairing throughout the season. I I'm not saying the games are fixed, but they they definitely make moves to give an advantage to teams. Um I I can see that being also another part of like this is why I mean, the, the NFL would love the the Chiefs to win for the sole fact that a lot of those Taylor Swift fans would hopefully then become Permanent. NFL fans. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how loud the Taylor Swift drama is where you guys live, but in Texas, it's pretty loud. Anti, I'm guessing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't been able to figure that out. I Get wish, it off the TV. I wish there was somebody. Only. Who would explain to me like not like I don't like women in sports. I wish somebody would have a good like explanation. Like I I try to think like if Princess Diana in like 1992 decided that she loved the Houston Oilers, we would think how cool is this? She's coming to every game or Madonna in 1986 going to every Rams game. We'd be like, this is really cool. But now we're like, why is this woman like it's not like she's this like mean personality it's like everything the woman does really good and really cool and i don't know i don't know if it's because i have a daughter of my own i just can't understand why there's some dudes that are like get her off my tv it's like (laughs) yeah my my wife gives me hell for sticking up for her because you know i like travis so i can't really catch her you talk about her on the podcast. Yeah, it don't matter to me. You watch Detroit on to coaching watch a Detroit game and you see Eminem all the time. So yep. same thing, really. Yeah, yeah. Yep, it's yeah. I don't I, I I've tried to think about like all right, what is it that she does that irritates and I can't come up with anything. It's just something new and people are like, nah, I don't I don't like it. And so yeah, it's not my forte to try I, to well you know what? I'll tell you what though, I do have uh I I am trying to figure out I, because I'm usually open-minded to any, you know, yeah, y- music. That's, that's, you know, as, as a, as an old man, I try to stay hip. Um, I, she's been making music since like 2000, what, seven? Yeah. Country. I remember her first hit and, and, and she, she, she was, I like some of that older stuff and I don't mind some of the new stuff. I just, so that, that career has already spanned what almost 20 years. Um, <laughs> And she is just now, I mean, not just now, but over the last couple mm-hmm. really catapulted into yeah. this stardom that I haven't seen in a long, long time. I mean, her concert was, you know, it's, you know, we all have heard about it. Some of us went to it. I didn't, but, um, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. she's oh, yeah. big. <clears throat> yeah. She usually is. Throughout my life, you'd, you'd either say that Oprah Winfrey is the most powerful woman in the world or for a while there, Hillary Clinton. And now I'm convinced that it's Hillary, It's because of her voice, it would be Taylor Swift in terms of somebody who wanted to effectuate change. Or I, I mean, I think with her marketing power and then her talent, I think that she, in my estimation, would be considered the most powerful woman in the world. I mean, I guess the vice president would be up there because of her <clears throat> governmental post. But yeah, I'm right there with you, Jason, that it's it's it's. In the last, what, five years, and then especially the last two with the tour, it's become like the ruler of the world she is. 
Yeah, well, and she puts on an incredible show too. Mm-hmm. I think. I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to say. So does Ed Sheeran, though. So <laughs> let's get Ed Sheeran in some of these football games. Let's reel this conversation back in. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. If, I wonder if the world would get all mad if it was Ed Sheeran. Probably <laughs> putting this on YouTube. Why is this the one? Well, there, there'll always be somebody getting mad about it, though. <laughs> yeah, Cody's <laughs> mad about us talking about Taylor Swift, so we're gonna move right yeah, along. Taylor- Swift getting into my podcast. Yeah. All right, Cody. We should, hey, we should try to get her on the show. <laughs> you know, That's what uh, we should do. Quickly, we'd be laughed at. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'm Cody, sure she'd respond. Yeah. Cody, uh, coaching hire. Now that it's complete, the carousel finished up since we last talked with Ron Rivera to the Commanders and Mike McDonald to the Seahawks. Out of all of the hires, which one do you really think is going to click? Because this is just like the draft. Half of them are going to suck. Well, uh, right before the show, I wrote a little blurb on each one and ranked them all in order. So should we start with, you said, which one do I like the most? Yeah, you can start at whichever spot on the the list you want. Sweet. Let's start from the top. Jason's not going to like this. But for me, it's the Los Angeles Chargers and Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Chargers hit a home run with this hire, and, and they have a chance to really change their league perception going forward. They're typically associated with being soft, but really that should change. Um, I think that they're going to establish a culture that is really going to help the Chargers as a team who struggle to find fans. They're going to bring a lot of new fans to this team, myself included. I'm I'm making sure I'm jumping on this bandwagon the the day that Jim Harbaugh signed with the Chargers. Um, This is my secondary team, though, just to be clear. But um, I'm not a fan of Greg Roman coming to town. Harbaugh relying on familiar faces, though, who know what they are looking for should really benefit him in establishing that vision. Uh, He has full personnel control on this go-round, which is a stark contrast from his time with the 49ers whenever he was let go due to a rift among decision-makers. There's a big part of me that did want the Falcons to hire Harbaugh. So, like, like to my AFC West friends, it's nothing against y'all. It's really just Harbaugh. But... Him going to the Falcons would have been great so that he could draft J.J. McCarthy at eight overall. But for now, I'm just going to hope for a reunion with Blake Corum and Roman Wilson. And I think the the future is bright for the Chargers. This is going to work. And the AFC as a whole is so interesting once again mm-hmm. another year. And Are you going to round out your list or not? Oh, uh, I don't know. We were doing more. One at a time. Oh, no, we won't have time. I, I can for... go through the whole list. Yeah, just go through the list. You don't have to give okay, quite I'll make it a... quick. Yeah, I'll make yeah, it quick. Yeah, do that. I got you. Uh, so, and then next next up would be Seattle Seahawks, Mike McDonald. He's another hire I'm ecstatic about. This, is, this guy is the Harbaugh protege. Uh, he's worked for both Jim and John during his rise to be uh, a head coach. Seahawks stole him from the commanders who pivoted to McDonald after Detroit's Ben Johnson pulled out of the higher cycle. This guy's a defensive wonder kid. He's already been pulling some impressive strings with the hire of Leslie Frazier as his assistant head coach. He even pulled uh, Jay Harbaugh away from the chargers from his own dad. So chip. uh, And then also he's interviewing chip, chip Kelly as well. Who's been gaining traction in the NFL. Mike McDonald. He's, he's, going to have success in Seattle. I think Seattle hit a home run on this one. Um, I think both these top two teams have a chance to make it to the playoffs faster than people think. Uh, to round out my other two in my – I split the list in half. I liked half the list. The other half of the list, I didn't really – I feel like there's a clear line between teams who 
made good hires and didn't. Uh, next up would be the Tennessee Titans with Brian Callahan. I love this hire too. This is one of the best moves to help out their potential franchise quarterback in Levis. Uh, it was interesting to see that at, word got out after that Rabel was against Will Levis as his quarterback, and now he's gone. The owner, whenever she was introducing the new head coach, uh, noted Will Levis in the speech. So to me, it was clear coach or quarterback, and we've seen time and time again that they're willing to move on from the coach. For me, though, this hire for the Titans, it, it's showcasing the team's plan to – feature the offense moving forward. And in my opinion, this day and age, it's a good move. And then the last one of the hires that I really liked was Raheem Morris with the Falcons. He's one of my hopeful hires as a Vikings fan. Uh, when we were interviewing coaches two years ago, he gained really valuable experience under Sean McVay. And I'm a big, big fan of his offensive coordinator, Zach Robbins, uh, Zach Robinson, who he's also bringing from the Rams. Robinson has been a McVay protege for the last five years, and Morris even referred to him as a young Kyle Shanahan and a young uh, Sean McVay. I'm telling you right now, book it. Zach Robinson will be a head coach maybe even as soon as next year. Uh, I think that these Falcons are going to be a playoff team immediately, year one under Ray, uh, Raheem Morris. Um, I'm all in on the Falcons. Yep, that was um, mine. That was mine was Raheem mm -hmm. Morris um, because of the infrastructure that's already in Atlanta. <laughs> As fantasy brains, we know the playmakers are there. I assume they'll make the right decision or at least a Jared Goff-like one where it's like, all right, they got somebody that can throw the ball at quarterback and they've already got the defensive line. But I think folks forget that Raheem Morris coached the passing game of the Falcons for four seasons mm -hmm. in wide receivers. So it's almost as if he was being developed to be a head coach. He's not just a defensive guy. When yep. when he, you know when he puts his head in the pillow at night, he probably is a defensive guy at heart. But he has four seasons coaching wide receivers in a passing game, and I really like that. So I'm with you. Um, when I formulate my playoff predictions in August, I'm going to guess that I find a way to wiggle the Falcons in there because we all know it'll be about 50% turnovers in playoff teams. Yep. So Raheem Morris, outside of the obvious nature that Harbaugh is going to be a success with Justin Herbert, um, Raheem Morris is my other one. Jason, your coach uh, hire that you liked. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Harbaugh for sure. He is going to immediately change that. That team, just like you said, Cody, uh, he that's exactly what he does everywhere he's gone. He did it in San Francisco. He did it back in Michigan. Back when he took both those teams over, they weren't good. They were horrible. And it did not take mm -hmm. long. Almost immediately it ha happened. Um, that's why I was so high on him to come to Denver, because I, I mean, God, how could you not like this hire? Oh, my gosh. It's going to be it's it, it's unfortunate that he is now in, in the same division as my team and I got to see that every day or <laughs> and hear about it and uh um, so yeah that'd be good that's how, how did he sign his contract yet how yeah. long is it well it doesn't matter they better not let him go no they, they don't even have a general go. manager or uh, at least whenever they signed Jim Harbaugh they didn't have a general manager this team is yeah team. and moving forward and he there's no reason he'll ever leave I mean, that, oh, God. Mm -hmm. Especially with the way college is going right now. I was listening to a podcast earlier that was uh, talking about how we're going to see a lot of college coaches trying to come to the NFL now that the NFL is more predictable. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, I don't know how many college coaches can make that transition. Harbaugh's already proved he can, um, you know, because I, I at the end of the day, right, 
that the same adage. Remember when back when it was rare that a college coach came, you know, and even when they did, even Saban and Spurrier and those guys, they tried it and they were horrible at it. Um, it's, it's such a huge difference, but with, with Harbaugh, it didn't seem to matter. Yep. I mean, he, no, he was able to Harbaugh got in, in my opinion, right. As the game was pivoting to more of a player's coach style sport. So in the past, when you'd hear, Hey, Saban could cut at the NFL or these guys just don't make it making the jump. That was more in my opinion, back in the day where you had the Parcells types yeah. of personalities, head coaches. And now that we've blended, so it's weird to have a hard ass like Parcells or Mike Zimmer. Uh, I think it's easier to jump from college to the pros because it's a continuation of dealing and catering to players. Whereas when we were kids, it was like, you know, the coach was up here and it was like a high school. Like we're going to, we're going to, these players are going to do what I say. Damn it. That's the way it is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and I think Harbaugh had the perfect acclimation in San Francisco where he could do both. I don't, I, I, I don't know at heart he's considered a player's coach, but he's, you know, has been so successful at the college level that he knows how to treat players. And then it translates into this modern era of player empowerment where it's not like the coach says it and then therefore nobody else can, you know, complain about it. It's more, there's more equity in terms of input. And you see it when offenses are catered to Lamar Jackson. Uh, like, again, when I was a kid, the coach would just have the player fit into how he did things. And that's all changed. Yeah, yeah. And that for the better, in my opinion. All right. Well, yeah, I agree. Wes, take us off air with a coaching hire that you uh, adored. And even if you double up, tell us, tell us why. You're on mute, sir. I'm just going to go with somebody that hasn't been mentioned. I will go with uh, uh, Dave Canales uh, with the Panthers. Uh, Here's a guy who took a job that nobody wanted. Uh, Nobody wanted it because of Panthers owner, uh, David Tepper and his, short leash um but in canales here comes a guy who spent 13 years under pete carroll in various assistant roles so he knows how to win he he's been around winners he goes to tampa last year helps revive baker mayfield's career on the office end and then now he gets to go and quote unquote, fix Bryce Young. Uh, part of that's going to be fixing the Panthers as a whole because they they were left you know, without assets after trading up for Bryce Young. I, I think that their uh, move for the franchise quarterback was premature last year. Um, and it, it was evident. It was evident on the field. That's why they had the worst record in the NFL. Uh, so I think his presence there, if given the time by Tepper, will help Bryce Young grow under center. Um, hopefully they can take some of the the money that they'll have in free agency and spend on that side of the ball because I, I think their defense uh, has some pieces to keep up in that division. I, I do think and agree with you guys that Atlanta is likely going to be the team that comes out of that division next, uh, next season. Uh, I think Tampa will probably still be there, but there's going to be a lot of uh, discrepancy from, or, you know, coming back to earth moment from the, from them as well. Uh, They have a a few different veterans that they need to resign in order to uh, 
have a chance to return as a playoff opponent. Uh, so I have him being somebody that uh, is probably well, one of the more under-the-radar hires, but I think uh, for what that C- Carolina team needed and what Bryce Young is going to need, I think he's the, the perfect fit for that situation. Uh, before going off air, though, I do want to take a, a shot at Ben Johnson. Uh, here, here's a guy. You know, he sit he sits out last year coaching hire because he wants to take another year to quote unquote prove himself, and I, I think he did. You know, he he had that Detroit offense humming, and he was one of the top candidates for this coaching cycle. Uh, Washington had waited, and everything was lined up for him to take that job uh he would have had copious amounts of cap space the number two overall pick and uh, the situation was set up perfect for him to come in and and take the reins of that organization uh for him to wait until that ownership group was on a plane to him to all of a sudden back out and decide he's going to stay in detroit uh, another season, I can only see this going uh, the opposite way for him. I don't think that he's going to be uh, a top-of-the-line candidate next offseason. I, I think this tarnishes who he is and, and his reputation amongst other own ownerships. Uh, and I, I can see that Detroit offense regressing. Like Dan Campbell told his team after the game, it's going to be much harder to, to get back to this moment because now you're going to have targets on your back. And I truly think that's going to happen. I don't believe that uh, he's going to be the you know shining star, shiny new toy that uh, he would have been uh, this coaching uh, cycle. So I, I definitely wanted to take my shot there. We had uh, Lions GM... Uh, Brad Holmes patting himself on the back and uh, yeah, pat yourself on the back, but at the same time, that job. Hey, hey man. Yeah. That, that's hey, the, Lion, the Lions already won the Super Bowl. Y'all yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> that's Brad Holmes, the GM who thinks that uh, reporters and fans are evidently going to agree with all of his draft picks. I couldn't, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that that was a thing that people thought Panay Sewell was a bad pick. I was like, man, <laughs> I thought the opposite. Um, yeah. And then my my closing argument, back to Raheem Morris, is I believe the Falcons will end up with either Justin Fields via trade, Kirk Cousins in free agency, or Michael Penix via the draft. And I can foresee them being productive in year one with any of those guys to the tune of 9-8, and 10-7, and seven, and being in position to reach the postseason. All right, gents, we'll be back in two weeks. And when we do that, we're going to start talking about off-season dominoes because Fields is probably the first almighty one where he goes. And if indeed the, the Bears stick and pick at one, which I think they'll do, then we'll start talking about free agency in the draft. So you guys uh, have a wonderful couple weeks, all right? You too, man. Exciting times. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.